Welcome to the Calling Our Shot podcast. You can watch us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube, and you can download the Calling Our Shot podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm joined by Logan and Sam. And today we got a big action-packed episode. We're going to react to week one games, give our biggest takeaway from each of those games. We've got some week two predictions for the biggest games on the slate, and we're going to give our week two underdog money line picks where two of us actually cashed in week one. The one who didn't is Logan, but we'll get into that later. And we're going to preview Thursday night football, but everything will be timestamped down below in case you want to, you know, skip through to see who we're picking for underdogs and whatnot. I picked the Steelers in week one, even picked their spread in the normal video, but without further ado, let's, let's talk about it. Sam, how are you doing so far? How was your weekend? How'd you enjoy watching some week one football? I love spending my weekend in Charlotte. Would have loved for a different outcome in the uh, Jets Panthers games that we all went to. But, uh, you know, even though Wilson had his trouble scrambling through the whole game, I liked his second half. I think there's a future with him in for the Jets. But I think my biggest takeaway from looking at all the games is that what were we thinking? We thought these rookie quarterbacks were automatically going to be week one plug and play amazing, you know, playoff caliber quarterbacks. And what happened? Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, 0-3 in their starts, all the rookie quarterbacks. That was my biggest takeaway was that, you know what, these guys, while they had moments of, of brilliance, they still have a way to go before they're, you know, tried and true NFL starters that we can depend on every week. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I think people might have been a little too overhyped and talk about the Jags can absolutely just destroyed in week one by the Texans. So I think that was a disappointment. I mean, he threw, I don't, I don't remember his exact stat line, but I swear he threw over 55 times, three interceptions. I think there's a lot of positives you can take away. I think from every single rookie quarterback, you know, we're obviously like Sam said, we were all at the Charlotte in Charlotte watching the Panthers take on the jets and the jets look terrible first half. I mean, but I think we can all take away as jet fans. We can say, you know what? Zach Wilson grew in that game. I think Trevor Lawrence, Jags fans can be excited. At least he was throwing it. He wasn't afraid to throw it into tight coverage. And that's the rookie mistakes there. Mac Jones. I think he didn't really feel like throwing the top off the defense. It was a lot of short passes that showed with this completion rating, even Trey Lance and Justin Fields both got into the game and they, at least I believe both of them had a touchdown. I know Justin Fields had the rushing touchdown. I think Trey Lance threw a touchdown as well. So a lot of exciting takeaways for every single rookie quarterback. Logan, what about you? Um, well, my biggest takeaway of week one was Rogers and the Packers. You mentioned the, the word disappointment right there. How, what, what, a what a, what a disappointment uh, Rogers and the Packers were. This was, this was just a, an outcome that I definitely did not see coming. Oh man. I, I, I told you guys, uh, I saw the stat uh, when Rogers, his QBR it would have been uh, higher. Had he have just ha- snapped the ball and spiked it into the ground each play. That, that is just an absolutely abysmal performance from somebody. Uh, I, I believe someone on here picked the Packers to the Super Bowl. And what did I say? I cautioned you against it, Sam. I said, look, Rodgers, he, he might just be in, in YOLO mode this year. He might be <laughs> letting the flow out the back of the helmet, just chilling, just hanging out there. And that's exactly what he looked like. He looked like he couldn't give a care in the world if the Green Bay Packers won because you know what? He's cashing that check at the end of the day. And he, he has got one foot out the door. Green me- Bay is not in a good position to succeed. That's my overreaction for week one. Look, I think you've been listening maybe to a little too much Stephen A. Smith in the morning. I think that might be a problem. No, look, yes, Aaron Jones had or Aaron Rodgers had an abysmal game. But guess what? He's Aaron Rodgers. He's allowed to. You know, guys like him don't play preseason games. He might have been a little rusty. Yes, there was no offensive chemistry, right? I had a fantasy league. I had him and Aaron Jones. Rip in that way. Right, exactly. But that's a, such an overreaction. We know we can count on Rodgers later in the season. He's still going to get it done. 
come on, Matt LaFleur, come on, let's not freak out. We like Rodgers. You know, Quick rebuttal to that. Look, you can you can say what you want about Aaron Rodgers, and look, I mean, he was he was he's he's the leader of this team in, in the NFL. It does matter, right? Leadership matters. These are all grown men uh, making millions of dollars. They're looking at Aaron Rodgers, and, and they're seeing a guy that just frankly didn't look like he cared. And more importantly, that defense absolutely got carved up by Mister Thirty for Thirty, Jameis Winston. And and you know what? Say what you want about Jameis, right? You got to give him credit where credit is due. His stat line was extremely confusing 150 yards and five touchdowns what the heck is that like that that just tells you a defense that it, that is ready to get exposed which is what the Packers defense is going to do this year right they're they're definitely going to give up some points is Rodgers always going to be the comeback king is he always going to be just so engaged so locked in for the Packers this year no no and that's I don't even think it's an overreaction looking at that defense what it what it did Let's have this discussion next week when he completely returns to his normal. Oh, he form. plays the Lions. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> I can throw four touchdowns against Austin. Them. What was your biggest week one takeaway? Uh, you know, I'll say a quick note. I think Jameis Winston was getting some revenge, getting some frustration out from, from his alma mater's loss to Jacksonville State over the weekend. Yeah. But regardless, my biggest takeaway, and you could say what you want about the Packers. I do think they'll be fine in, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, they're tied for first in the NFC North, so clap it up for them. Um, that maybe it's because all of them lost, but that's irrelevant. My biggest takeaway was the greatness of the Arizona Cardinals and absolute un, ungreatness, whatever, what, whatever the Titans were doing out there. Now I was, I know we were talking personally off camera and I was saying, Kyler Murray, I think he's got a good chance to win MVP and man, did he go out there and prove it? And the biggest thing he did, he didn't run the ball. I mean, you could, you saw the clips of him, you know, me memed with the Shrek meme of him just dashing around the <laughs> field and that's awesome. And he looks just like that. He's so tiny, but he's just navigating through defenders and he was just insane. But the thing is he only had 20 rushing yards, I believe last game, last in week one, which is really not like him normally. Normally he's, you know, putting up 60, 70 rushing yards, kind of like Lamar Jackson, but also throwing the top off the defense. He looked really good, but also the Titans look terrible. And whether or not, you know, Chandler Jones, he's, Brian Tannehill is going to have nightmares of Chandler Jones for the, the next couple of weeks. I mean, Chandler Jones was a menace on that defense. And really, Titans just didn't look good. They couldn't establish the run, and that's really how the game ended. You know, couldn't establish the run. Derrick Henry, I think, only like 54 yards, I think nine-ish fantasy points. But he didn't do too well. Julio Jones, I think, might have had the worst passer rating. You know, Ryan Tannehill, the Julio Jones, worst passer rating in the NFL this week. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I saw. Titans, what are you doing? Cardinals looked really good. Super Bowl, they're going. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so, so you weren't, you were not, <laughs> you weren't going to get any disagreements from me, and then you threw that in there. No, but look, if you're looking for somebody to disagree about Kyler, that's not going to be me. I, I love me some Kyler Murray. Last year, I, I put some money on him to win MVP midseason, and he got hurt. So let, let's run it back. Maybe, maybe Kyler for, is really good value right now for MVP. I, I cannot disagree with you there. I think if you're, if you're looking at that game about the Titans, though, I mean, what, what have we always said, right? They're not a, they're not a play-from-behind team. When, when, they're, when, when the offense that they're playing is, is a high-powered offense like the Cardinals and they're, they're putting up points with these, yeah, the ground and pound with Derrick Henry just doesn't work, right? This is a, this is a like, two-clock time of possession team, and their defense did them no favors in that game. Absolutely not. Sam, what did you think about that Cardinals-Titans game? Well, you know, I think if I'm looking at it, I think it means more good for the Cardinals than bad for the Titans. I'd like to give the Titans the benefit of the doubt. I just think, whereas I maybe had the Cardinals as, you know, like a mid-pack, you know, 500 team going into the season, I think, wow, they showed me up. I think I, we got to have a higher expectation for them, what they can do this year. 
you know, obviously the Murray to Hopkins connections, awesome, right? Two touchdowns that first game. I think that's going to be great chemistry continuing through the rest of the season. Um, it's a tough division. Absolutely. Right. But I think, yeah, I think more so positives for Cardinals than the negatives on the Titans, for my opinion. Yeah, I, I get that. And I, I am not necessarily concerned too much about the Titans. I do think they'll win that division. I mean, you got the Texans. Colts didn't look overall too great in week one either. Titans do have a tough matchup coming up this week. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think they're going to, I mean, they're playing the Seahawks again, that the Colts just got beat in by Seahawks five and a half point favorites. I don't believe it's at Seattle too. So I'm um, honest, they could be starting off 0 and 2, but one of those teams I'm not too concerned about. I just really liked what I saw out of the Cardinals. Sam, what was your biggest takeaway from week one? Well, you know, the Cardinals can only get so far if the Rams are going to be the team to win the Super Bowl, right? And I think that's what we learned about the NFC West, right? Everyone was saying, what's Matt Stafford going to do? Is he going to be like Ryan Tannehill and have a little bit of a resurgence? Is he going to be, you know, Philip Rivers last year and yeah, only be okay? It looks like he found the perfect fit in Los Angeles, right? Beautiful connection. He was just ripping up that defense on Sunday night. What an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, okay, he's playing the Bears. Maybe not the best defense. Maybe that's not a good litmus test for the rest of the season. But gosh, how can you not be betting on Matt Stafford right now? I'm, I think everyone's got to be happy for him, right? And wow, I think they are the team to beat in the NFC West. All right, I, you can handle this one. Yeah, I mean, look, you you know you were gonna get some pushback here because you even you even like counterpointed your own team. You're like your your argument. You're like, yeah, the Bears aren't the best. All right, to quote Ryan Clark on ESPN, yeah, he, a Cooper Cup was running booty naked down the field uh, against the Bears secondary. That was just the no contest, right? The Bears defense had no game plan uh, whatsoever. They they looked lost. They faced a, a really, you know, mediocre quarterback in Dalton. He, he didn't play as bad as a lot of people were hoping he played, right, to get some more Justin Fields action. But, look, that's this is this is more uh, an overreaction to the Rams. I'm telling you guys, you're building them up. You're building them up. You're building them up. And they're, they're, Matt Stafford is going to have a little bit of uh, come back down to earth moment. Look, if you're if you're if you're running out, you know, like a lot of people, like uh, it appears, Sam, to go bet all sorts of Matt Stafford MVP Rams Super Bowl. I just caution that I, I I need to see more and I need to see it against that division too, because this division is going to be a real, a real barn burner, right? So many good teams in there, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, all look, all look good this weekend. I need to see more from the Rams against better competition before I'm sold. Yeah. I mean, you won't find someone. What were you going to say, Sam? No, I said, you know, that is fair only because of just the great teams that are in that division right now. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say, even though I already said it, that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, there, there, there's so much good competition. Stick to your guns, Sam. Stick to he your guns. He isn't the <laughs> NFC North, right? You're not just going to, you know, you know, throw for 50 yards and win the division, right? You have to actually be good in the NFC West. Um, but I think there was no negative to walk away from that game to say, what am I concerned about? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll know better when they play better competition, but what are we worried about from from week one? Absolutely nothing. I, I, I I'll tell you one one real quick thing to be worried about that ground game. I mean, what what? So you're just gonna ride there, Daryl Henderson, uh, till the cows come home? No, you're not. It's only Michelle who played what one snap. Gone are yeah. the days of the Todd Gurley one horse getting it done. They're, no, they're, and it's gonna it's gonna. Um, I mean, it's Sony Michelle. We'll see. You know, he only played. I think he. We thought he only played one snap. I think he ended up playing three. Whoop de dee. Uh, you're not going to find a guy that's going to bash the Rams over here. Uh, I love Stafford. I already said that last video. Now I do say that was a must win game. 
Um, the, you can't lose to the Bears on primetime TV, especially in week one, given the slate that they're about to go through. And so I'm going to read you their schedule because I was just looking at it and I'm like, this is where you're really going to learn. Who is Matthew Stafford and who is this Rams team? Obviously, we already talked about they got the Colts this weekend. Next week, after this weekend, week three, they're racing the, the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then they got the Cardinals, who you know I'm hyped on. Then the Seahawks, a couple divisional games. I think that's really going to – these next four games are really going to show you what this Rams team is all about. They can win, maybe even split those two, you know, go two and two, maybe beat the, the Colts and the Cardinals. Then we'll kind of know, you know, they're a notch below the Seahawks and Buccaneers, but maybe they're, you know, a three or four seed in the, in the NFC. Either way, I'm happy for the Rams, and we're going to stick in that same division because we talked about the 49ers, and we're going to talk about some key injuries. And one of them, I believe the biggest injury so far, you could talk, we'll talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick when we talk about Thursday night football recap, but Raheem Mostert goes down and people thought he'd only be out eight weeks. And that's what people are like, oh, we'll put him in the IR slot. And then he comes onto Twitter today and says he's out for this season. So I think a lot of people are thinking, trying, you know, in fantasy football, what do I do with Raheem Mostert? Obviously you're going to drop him, but what do you do to replace him? Because some people don't, some people drafted Raheem Mostert to be arguably their second starting running back on their team, maybe even a flex play. Now they don't have that anymore. What do you guys think about Elijah Mitchell? He's going to arguably be the number one waiver wire ad. How much do you think you should spend on your fab budget? Either way, how do you guys, uh, you know, think about this 49ers backfield going forward? I'll start with you, Logan. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, Elijah Mitchell, he, he, he could be one of those, uh, right. James Robinson type players that you get so early in the season. You never really saw, you, you never really saw James Robinson being as amazing as he was, but I want to, I just want to caution you. This, this is a really deep backfield, right? The, the not so hot take is to say, oh, I need to see more, more from Elijah Mitchell uh, to, to make me uh, convinced that he can out, outpace hasty Sermon, right? Sermon's not just going to go away. He's yeah. not going to ride off in the, the sunset. Jeff Wilson will be coming back. So there's a, that's a very crowded backfield, but I mean, the talent is there, right? Elijah Mitchell looked really good. Uh, I mean, a hundred yards in, in your, in your first NFL game. I mean, that's, that's some real talent. So can Shanahan just ride that hot hand? Sure. Why not? I, I think he's definitely worth the high price that a lot of people are going to be paying on the waiver wires uh, this week. Sam, what about you? Yeah. You know, I'm not so uh, sure that I, that I agree with you on that one. I mean, yeah, sure. There are only so many, you know, number one spots. And if a guy pops up like this, maybe he has the opportunity to be that guy. But I just don't know. I feel like the conflict between him and Sermon is just going to be one of those things where throughout the whole season, who's the guy who's going to be getting it? Who, you know, where is this actually going to be an RB1, RB2 situation or just going to be kind of this floating committee? I, I don't know. So I'm staying away from it. I'm not replacing my RB2 if he was Raheem Mostert with, the, with an Eliza Mitchell. I'm trying to do something else, I think. Go go different outlet. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the season, we'll really know, you know, what what we should have done. And I feel like that's kind of every year, you know, we're kind of, we see a guy come up like James Robinson was last year, like Logan mentioned. And some people got him. Some people are like, yeah, he's a Jaguar. I'm not, a, I'm not in. And I feel like that could be the same case for Elijah Mitchell. Could he go down as a top five? I don't know, top five is a little high, but top 10, 15, RB1? By the end of the season, maybe. I mean, it's the 49ers offense. They love to run the ball. But I'm kind of with the same pace as Logan. I don't necessarily think I'm going out there and putting everything I got on him, not wasting like 30% of my fab budget, because I just this backfield is too too loaded. And it's I would rather use all that money if a guy like maybe a Dalvin Cook or an Ezekiel Elliott or someone like that goes down, because then you know they're getting a big workload. Elijah Mitchell could come in and get 10 carries next week. Trey Sermon could be healthy, get 10 carries. 
Jermichael Hasty, 10 carries to him too. It's just how the 49ers do it. They're just ride the hot hand. And I don't really want to be sitting there watching some other guy, Volter, all these touches. But I think another thing is, is we got to talk about the running back depth because I was looking at it and a lot of top running backs that were drafted did not perform all too well this week. And if you were looking at it, only five running backs broke 20, uh, 20 fantasy points. And two of those were Detroit Lions. Yes, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Both were two of the running backs break 20 plus, 20 plus points. What, I mean, I feel like this is how it always happens. We already, there's not a lot of running back depth and we just go from it. I mean, you got to talk about Najee Harris, Austin Eckler didn't play too well. Those are all my guys, Saquon Barkley, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about running back depth? Sam, I, I know you, you start, we talked about Aaron Jones. I know you're starting him in multiple leagues. What are you supposed to do about it? Just ride, ride the guys that you drafted and just hope for the best. Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I mean, unless you're a CMC owner, it wasn't a great week for everyone. But I will say this. Let's not overreact. It's obviously now a pass-happy league. Your receivers are, are, are your sexy picks. But it's still, you know, for certain teams who have these amazing RB1s, they're, they're going to get it done. And, you know, maybe defense is just schemed up to protect against these guys week one. Who knows? But uh, I'm not overreacting. I think you, the studs will be the studs. Um, Aaron Jones will come back next week. Ezekiel Elliott will come back next week. They'll be great. Um, so, yeah, I'm not overreacting. And I, I just think, you know, things will overcorrect. And, you know, let's not, you know, jump off the ship week one just because studs didn't play like studs. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say, Logan? I was going to say, like, I, I totally want to hammer home what, what Sam was saying, right? Tony Pollard outscored Ezekiel Elliott this week. I mean, look, if, 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 you, if you told all Ezekiel Elliott people that, that uh, drafted him, yeah, that, that's, that's going to happen more times than not. I'd call you a liar, right? That's, that's, definitely, that's definitely just a week one anomaly. These, these things are going to happen. He, Sam did kind of mention about the defenses, right? They, they actually had a full offseason, a, a more of a normal season than, than last year, the the piece together type season that that was the defenses are, are coming out and, and, and showing and, and stopping the run. Some of these teams just like to ease into the season, uh, you know, a couple two yard gains here and there, right. We were watching that jets game. The jets were so hell bent on running the ball. Some of the, some of these, some of these teams just don't have an offense figured out. We got, we got to see more. And I definitely think, you know, you draft these players high for a reason, right. They're not all Christian McCaffrey's right. They all can't be, they can't all just be the, the go to fantasy football, but the, the, the season will will uh, correct itself, as Sam was saying. Don't panic I, yet. I think you need to take into account workload too, right? I mean, what wide receiver went down, correct me if I'm wrong, in the offseason? I think it was like all running backs, right, who went down. So if you're a coach and you're like, you know what, I'm not, I don't want my guy to be one of those next guys, let's shoot out some names. Obviously, we just had Gus Edwards was down for the year, right? Yeah, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, um, yeah. Travis Etienne. I don't really think we're having that same issue with wide receivers. So maybe it was just a workload thing. Maybe it said, Hey, we're going to play Tony Pollard just as much as they give him that opportunity. And I, I think that's an easing into the season type thing, the limited preseason. So yeah, I think it's an overreaction to say that these guys won't perform. They absolutely will. Let's, let's hold our horses on that one. Yeah. And I just don't think there's, you know, you can't go scour into the waiver wire just to replace the guy. And, and if anyone's nervous on Najee Harris, I want to say, don't be nervous. The guy played on every single snap that the Steelers ran. Um, he handled all of their workloads. So the guy's going to have a ton of workload. That's why I drafted him in multiple leagues. Cause I think he's going to be out there a ton. I think he had 17 ish, 20 touches. So I think a lot of running backs, you know, 
it's just, it's a waiting game. They're going to have good games. They're going to have bad games, but at the end of the day, you got to trust your studs. There are a lot of good running backs out there. Like David Montgomery had a good week. Um, trying to think Alvin Kamara played pretty decent. I mean, Dalvin cook wasn't great, but still had a good week as well. And obviously those swift Deandre Swift played well, Jamal Williams, Miles Sanders. There's a lot of good guys out there. I think it's just kind of, it's give and takes. That's the running back position. And that's just how it's going to be the whole season. We are right. We didn't really have a lot of wide receiver injuries, which we didn't have a lot of injuries, knock on wood for the first week of the season. Not Raheem Mostert, obviously gone. And uh, Jerry Judy, probably the second biggest one. Do you think you're doing anything with the Broncos? I mean, I know Sam, you have Jerry Judy on your bench in our, our league. What are you doing with him? Are you okay with dropping him? Cortland Sutton, how do you feel about him? Tim Patrick? Jordan. Well, hey, if you have a uh, bench as deep as mine, you can absolutely drop him. You'd be fine. Well, no, <laughs> I, I think that's the that's that's case-by-case example you got to approach that in. Um, the only Bre- uh, Bronco I'm heavy on is Javante Williams. I think he's going to be a guy. Not that, you know, Jerry Judy going down helps him at all. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Cortland Sutton, eh, it's not really a sexy pick that I'm getting excited about. So, until the Broncos show me a little something more on offense, I don't think I'm trying to replace him with – whoever's going to fill that void. I think I'm going somewhere else um, for a Jerry Judge replacement. Yeah, I feel bad for people that drafted Javante Williams. At least I might have started in week one because he split carries. I think he split to the T, 50-50 to him and Melvin Gordon. Obviously, Melvin Gordon having a better stat line because he had a 70-yard garbage time touchdown, but that's just how it works. What about Michael Carter? I know, Sam, we're both Jets fans. Are you okay dropping Michael Carter in leagues to pick up someone like an Elijah Mitchell? I mean, you obviously know the Jets' run game was – Non-existent on uh, Sunday, to say the least. Yeah, that line's not going to get, you know, magically better after one week. And it is a committee, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson. Um, so while I think there's definitely raw talent there, um, you know, in the next few weeks, there's just, there's just no reason to have him on your roster, I don't think. Unless you are in a deep, 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 you know, dynasty, there's just no need. Um, you know, again, I think he has upside. Um, but, yeah, the Jets right now, there's no reason – to start anyone other than Corey Davis. So dang, I was gonna say that there's there's no reason to like any jet, period. But Corey Davis did dig luck into a couple of touchdowns. You'll have to see that, right? As a Corey Davis owner. He's he's do, he's do a big volume this year. Corey, uh, Corey Davis is, is one of those players, you know, may, maybe, maybe go after him in some trades before the season goes on too much, right? It's just it's just week one. The Jets offense. It, you know, it, the offensive line needs to obviously get better. Losing Beckton didn't help them one bit, um, but they're going to be throwing a lot because Tevin Coleman getting two yards a, a carry, it's just not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's really many Jets you should roster in leagues besides Corey Davis, although I do think Corey Davis will be doing a, a bad week this week against the Patriots. Just think they'll take him away and say, all right, make someone else beat us. Mm-hmm. But that's just my guess. We're going to move on to week two because we're going to leave week one in the past. Move on to week two. And we're going to start with our underdog money line picks. Like I said, two of us cash me. I had the Steelers. Sam, you had the Bengals last week. Maybe you'll go with the Bengals again for round two. Either way, we're going to talk about our underdog money line picks. And then we're going to talk about some big matchups because we do have some cool matchups this week. Kind of give your thoughts and opinions. Sam, since you cashed it, we'll leave Logan for last because he doesn't deserve to go first. Sam, hit me with your underdog money line pick for week two. Yeah, winners have to go first, right? We should be uh, throwing up our record uh, at the bottom. (laughs) I'd say less. (laughs) Logan's heading in the wrong direction. Looking at week two, I like uh, the Eagles are currently underdogs against the 49ers. uh, Money line sitting at plus 160 right now. Um, The Eagles didn't do anything to have me not pick them this week. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked good. He spread the ball around, three touchdowns, three different receivers. 
Um, if you look at his all of his receivers, I think he got you know five, five or six guys in with five plus targets or something like that. Pretty good stat line getting getting the ball around. Um, and I think he's going to keep doing it against the 49ers. You saw what the 49ers got themselves into last week, right, in the high-scoring game against the Lions. Yeah. That could happen again. And, you know, they were at risk of losing that one last week. And I think the Eagles could do that again this week and upset them and beat the 49ers. So, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, I like it too. Well, I'm not going to necessarily say, you know, a win against the Falcons carries a lot of weight. But Jalen Hurts, like I was beating the drum for all season. I said he was going to really good quarterback this year, especially in fantasy football. And he proved me right. He made me look like a genius. So I'll take it, Jalen Hurts. My underdog pick, I'd normally go to you, Logan, but you're going last. My underdog pick, and it's the it's the lowest on the slate in terms of odds because I know who. But I'm going to go with plus 140, the Dallas Cowboys versus they're traveling to L.A., taking on the Chargers. Now I know Cowboys arguably could have won week one in the opening game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And say what you want about their defense or say what you want about anything you want. But I do think they looked pretty good. And, you know, sure, they had they forced some turnovers and maybe it was some Bucks miscues, but they still had a good chance to beat the reigning Super Bowl champs. I think you look at the Chargers in week one, played the Washington football team, beat them by a couple points, wasn't necessarily the highest. You know, the, they didn't look that great. I mean, they were playing against Taylor Heineke, who I didn't take any first team snaps for the majority of preseason. He was just thrust into there with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down with an injury now out eight weeks. I think the Cowboys got a good chance. They're going on the road and, you know, the Cowboys don't want to start 0-2. I do think they'll pick up a win this weekend and maybe they'll be featured in my week one NFL or week two NFL best bets video. Not sure about it yet, but I'm taking the Cowboys plus 140 versus the LA Chargers. I could see you and me both sitting two and oh after week two. Um, however, who's going to be oh and two? Uh, Logan, you like to share us your pick for uh, week, for week two money lineups upset? I'm the Carolina this. Panthers. And if you're listening to this, you know, audio only, you might not see my Panther shirt on. Uh, yes, the Carolina Panthers will be two and oh after this week. Yes, they're they're only three and a half point underdogs to the New Orleans Saints, who everybody's just so hype beast after, right? They just made Aaron Rodgers look like some some bum off the street, some uh, LA bum. No, absolutely not. The, the Carolina Panthers' offense looked really good. Yeah, you can you can say what they want the, in the second half. They kind of let their their foot off the gas, but. Sam Darnold has a connection to Robbie Anderson. He's, he's targeting DJ Moore. DJ Moore finally playing like the high draft pick that they used. Uh, and obviously, right, got Christian no. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey will move the chains. With, it, with an offense like that, they stand a really good chance at plus 180. My, my, my odds are, are the furthest away from anyone. Last week, you guys uh, made so much fun of me for picking Washington in, in a pick em. Yeah, well, you know what? I, 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 I couldn't uh, predict Fitzpatrick was going to get hurt. But this one, I'm telling you, this this line kind of smells a little bit, right? Oh, let's hammer Saints. Let, let's let's just uh, let's let's be all on them and Jameis. If Jameis goes out there and throws a, a few interceptions, yeah, this is this is a Panthers easy dub. All right, okay. Uh, this was a money line pick, not to say stupid stuff into the mic. Um, I I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Week two NFL best bets. You best believe the Saints will be on there. Um, and I'll wait to officially do that because I do want to see some injuries. I believe Marshawn Lattimore is a little bit banged up. I believe the, the Saints, I think, have like eight or something coaches on the COVID list. So you don't love to see that. So maybe we'll see. Maybe that factors into the minus three and a half. But you're absolutely out of your mind. Panthers beat a hapless Jets team very, very poorly. It wasn't necessarily, you know, if they had won 17 to zero, we'd be like, all right, great. They won, what, 19 to 14. Jets had an actual chance to win that game. And the Jets did not. They took a half off. They gave you a half handicap. Get the Panthers out of my face. They're not going to be that good of a team. Well, they'll, be, they'll be a seven and 10, eight and nine team. 
As someone who was right next to you in the last two minutes of that Jets-Panthers game, you started to sweat. I mean, the Panthers couldn't close that one out <laughs> against the sorry Jets offense and a sorry Jets defense. Now you think they're going to turn around and beat a Saints team that just lit up the Packers. Like, what are you – Tom, I mean, please. Look, the Darnold-Rob Anderson connection might be good against some Jets rookie D-backs. It's not going to be good against the Saints defense. I don't know. Look, Okay, for number one, first of all, the, this game is at home, which you know what, Carolina is a good. This, the, the, we're not playing in the Superdome, right? This the Carolina definitely has a good chance uh, at getting that home crowd rallied behind them. But look at that! I what did I just tell you though? I just told you they took their foot off the gas in the second half. I can't defend that. I was watching and saying, man, they got too comfortable watching Zach Wilson get sacked. That defense though, Carolina, much improved. It's got a, it's got a lot of young guys. I love, I love how our secondary is looking. Right, you got Horn, you got Action Jackson out there, you got, of, of course, Jeremy Chin at safety. There's some pass rushers, and I'm telling you, they're gonna, they're gonna. Jameis, Jameis looked too good last week, right? Did he not? Hey, hey, yes. hey. Yeah, he looked, he looked <laughs> a little too good. Jameis is gonna be squinting, uh, looking for Jeremy Chin, looking for J.C. Horn, and. It's going to be a, a couple interceptions. This, this is going to be a close game. That I will guarantee. And a, at a close game, at plus 180 odds, just give me a chance, Carolina. I, I, I like them. Well, we don't need to bash you for your Panthers homerism today. We, we can do that maybe next week when they get absolutely spanked by the Saints. And if they do win, then I guess we'll come on and wear some clown noses and what it would be. You better. But there's some cool matchups that I, I want to give you hear you guys takeaways on. Um, and I'm going to start with actually the Sunday night football game. And it's going to be the Chiefs Ravens. I think this game would have carried a lot more weight had the Ravens obviously not lost to Monday night football and then hadn't suffered so many injuries. But you think anyone's taken down the Chiefs in the AFC after we saw Buffalo go down? I think the Chiefs are the easy favorite to enter the Super Bowl and at least be in the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, I think the Chiefs bounce back with a more dominant win next week. Um, I don't know. I just think that was too close for comfort. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to make some corrections and fix some things, and I think they're going to come out and, and not keep it close against those Ravens. Um, I don't know. That's just me. I mean, look at the Browns. Good team, probably top three or four team in the AFC. But um, I, I just you can't count out Patrick Mahomes. That team's just so explosive right now. Yeah, I like that one not being close. I, I, Logan. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, uh, the we were looking at the live bet, and and the the Chiefs were down twelve points, and Vegas still had it as a pickup. That tells you everything you need to know about how overpowered uh, that that uh, Chiefs offense is. You 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 got Patrick Mahomes back there. It's most of most of the time a no sweat bet. Really, it is it's it's the Chiefs are just a juggernaut. I I don't see the Ravens uh, really being able to keep up with them. Yeah, I can go. I can kind of agree with that. They need to get Mark Andrews more involved. You don't pay him, I don't know, $54 million uh, over four years to have him have three catches. Uh, you just aren't doing that. He was out catch, caught by Sammy Watkins, Henry Ruggs, probably Patrick Ricard, who had, had a field day. <laughs> um, so it's maybe Patrick Ricard's the guy you want to be starting instead of Mark Andrews. But all jokes aside, I think the Chiefs will handle business. That's what they do. I mean, they always like to make it close. They you know, maybe go down by double digits. That's where their home is. They love to be there. But I think there's no question the Chiefs are the front runner for the win, the AFC. Another interesting game, kind of similar to that Panthers-Saints game. A one that, you know, that is kind of has a trap-ish line. You got Bills minus three and a half versus the one and zero Miami Dolphins down in Miami. Are you concerned about the Bills? They obviously did not look good in week one. And a large part, Steelers do have a good defense, but Dolphins still have a pretty good defense themselves. You think the Bills are going to go back to one and one? Or you think Dolphins can kind of push the Bills to 0-2? Logan, you can start. 
Yeah, you know, I kind of going back back and forth in this one. Miami, you know, they 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 win games that that a lot of people aren't going to pick them in. And this is this is one of those games that I could kind of see Miami winning just because. I mean, that, that like you said, that that spread it kind of looks like a trap. When you're betting the NFL, if it seems too good to be true, sometimes it is. And and I definitely think everyone's like, oh, bounce back for the Bills. But I, I just kind of close my eyes and I say, what 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 could be the storyline for week three? I think it's going to be sky is falling, Bills are 0-2, right? A lot of people's trendy Super Bowl pick, mine included, right? But I, I definitely think the Dolphins uh, showed some some good offensive uh, promise. And and look, I, I think they're poised to, to get that win. Sam? Yeah, no, look, I mean, my preseason talking point was that Mac Jones is going to end the season as the uh, best AFC's quarterback. That only happens with Josh Allen continuing to regress, and I think they are. I don't think the Bills are as good as they were hyped up as this solid number two. So I'm not saying they're going to lose, but I think, yeah, it'll, it'll be closer. And, um, yeah, I don't know if but that spread, if I even like that at all. So um, divisional game toss-up. Uh, I need to see more from the Bills before I'm putting money on the Bills. Yeah, it will likely be a game that I avoid all entirely when I'm doing my week two NFL best bets. It's a game, you know, I don't want to trust all too much. The Bills obviously just scratched Zach Moss. They went to Devin Singletary. He carried the ball 11 times, 72 yards. Pretty good, but still not starting a Buffalo Bill running back in fantasy football. Got the wrong guy. Gabe Davis, shout out to him. He did get into the end zone. We're going to move on to the week two Thursday night football. I'm going to talk about, give you some general thoughts. It is with the Washington football team versus the New York Giants. Washington is favored by a couple points over under is pretty dang low. It's like at 41, 42 points. What do you guys think? We're going to talk about the giant star running back, Saquon Barkley, Sam. I know you were telling everyone in our first podcast, avoid him, avoid him, avoid him, avoid him in fantasy football. What does you think his outlook is for the rest of the season? Cause now people that own Saquon are kind of panicked. They're hitting the panic button. They're like, Oh no, what did I sign up for? For our amazing audience, would you like to read his stat line so that we're all aware what he did week one? Yeah, he had 10 carries, 26 yards, one catch, one yard. A solid, now, like, 3.7 fantasy points. I know we just said stud running backs weren't stud running backs in week one and that that was an exception and that not to overreact. He's the one to overreact to. It's because the Giants are a bad football team. They just are, right? There's They're not going to be an offensive explosion there. And so, I mean, yeah, he'll bounce back a little bit. That's obviously not what he's going to put up every every week. But, yeah, I don't, I'm not – not, I'm not on the Saquon Barkley train this year. I'm, I'm just not. Um, and I, I think the Washington football team will come back and uh, pull out a W there. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not betting. I'm selling on the Giants. Get out of that. Logan. Uh, <laughs> this one's kind of tough because, like, as bad as the Giants are looking, right, this is, this is the NFL, right? They, they, every week is a new week, new game plan. Could they could Saquon just come out and remind people uh, why he's so talented and why he was one of those like top five, top 10 ish fantasy running backs? Yeah, sure. It, but I mean, he obviously needs to get healthy, right? That's that line does not tell us that he's even close to being uh, full strength, being the Saquon that everybody drafted him to be. Um, the, the Giants are just going to be one of those teams that, that are, are going to their defense is just going to have to play better. Right. Against the Broncos. That, that's kind of what sold them a little bit uh, This, this should be probably a heavy defensive game. I mean, Taylor Heineke as a, as a Panther fan, I, I know what Taylor Heineke did, right. Everyone was so hyped about the, his playoff game versus the Bucks, And I admit that was a pretty, uh, a good start for him, but yeah. Right. The, the Panthers uh, did not look hot with, with Taylor Heineke under center. This, this, this has a defensive slugfest type game written all over it. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to 
a little go against the guys. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button on Saquon Barkley. I did draft him in another league. I think this first week that there was just kind of like a feeling. You know, we're going to give him the ball. We'll make sure, you know, he looks good. He feels good. You don't want to throw in a guy and just say, hey, here's 30 touches. Have a, have a ball. You're coming off a major, major knee injury. So I'm not too parent. I'm not, maybe this is a bad game again. It's against a tough Washington team off not a lot of break. I mean, they just played on Sunday, now playing on Thursday. It's going to be a tough game. So wouldn't be surprised to see Saquon Barkley have a similar stat line, maybe 50 total yards. If you've got other guys that don't mind starting him, I'm going to be starting him in my league just because I think it's too hard to bench a talent like Saquon Barkley. The guy goes out there and rushes for 100 rushing yards and a couple touch and like one or two touchdowns. Doesn't surprise anyone. So I'm going to keep him starting him in my leagues, but don't blame me if you want to bench him. I think it's pump the brakes. You don't need to necessarily sell him. I think a guy that you could sell, not un- involved in this team, uh, Josh Jacobs. Logan, I know you're a Josh Jacobs owner, completely off-related, but I think you should be selling high on Josh Jacobs, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yeah, no, I'm not going to – I look, I, you, you were expecting a, a debate out of me. I, I'm not really going to debate that, that he – you cannot bank on two touchdowns every week. But I'm just saying, there's opportunities there. They're going to feed him uh, when, when it's, uh, you know, those goal-to-go situations. They're going to feed Josh Jacobs. Now, like, like I said, his stat line's a little misleading, right? Fantasy point-wise, uh, a couple touchdowns. Is that sustainable? Probably not. I, I don't disagree with the sell high. Um, but speaking of, speaking of selling and buying, though, we were just talking about Saquon. If he goes out, and I, I think if he puts up a stinker again, everybody's going to be panicking. Oh, sky is falling. Uh, Saquon Barkley so bad I drafted him so high maybe if you're in a league with somebody who who is taking that mindset with Saquon maybe you go make a trade because like like you Austin I do think as the season goes on and he warms up a little bit he's going to be that talent that we all remember him to be so this is this is one of those games you could have back-to-back really bad weeks and you go trade for a guy like Barkley I appreciate you for bringing that up because I think that is a, a good tactic you know you could think about maybe if you go out and pick up Elijah Mitchell and then you pick up Elijah Mitchell. He has another good game against the Eagles, who you could run on. The Falcons did run for a decent amount of yards against him. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone accept a trade if Saquon has another bad week. Elijah Mitchell for Saquon Barkley. Sounds absolutely ridiculous at the beginning of the season, but completely realm of possibility. I do think, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to be more touchdown dependent than I think Josh Jacobs owners would like. But I do think, you know, it's, it's a running back. And we already talked about how shallow running backs are. You might... And if you got him, you might as well keep him unless you can upgrade out a different position. Um, speaking about this, more, moving back to this Washington game, uh, Taylor Heineke, Sam, are you concerned if you're a, you know, Terry McLaurin or a Logan Thomas or an Antonio Gibson fan or supporter? Are you concerned about this team's outlook or you think they're just going to be, you know, plug and play? Here comes Taylor Heineke. No more Ryan Fitzy. No, I'm absolutely concerned. Um, I think, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick puts up a volume that we just don't know if, if Taylor Heineke can, can match. Um, I mean, yeah. And if, t- if Terry, scary, Terry McLaurin was your number one wide receiver, I'm, I'm a little concerned right now. So, you know, talk about trades. If he puts up a really good week, maybe I don't try to swap stud for stud and, and swap him out. Cause uh, yeah, they're just an unknown. Um, and you know, they're a good defensive team. They might win a lot of their games in low scoring matches. And that's not what I want on my fantasy team. So, I mean, I'm an Antonio Gibson um, owner in a couple leagues. And so, yeah, I mean, the concern trickles down to the entire offense. So, Let's see what they do on Thursday because, yeah, right, right now there are some unknowns, absolutely. I can agree with that. You know, it's I don't think you're going to get a lot. You're going to get not pennies, but, you know, quarters on the dollar. You're not going to 
necessarily get what Terry McLaurin was valuable before week one. I think a lot of people really liked Ryan Fitzpatrick coming into this offense, me included. I tried to get scary Terry in a lot of my leagues just didn't end up working out. I do think Terry McLaurin, I, I was high on him in the preseason and not necessarily loving this outlook. And you're right, Sam, I do think they're going to be in a lot more you know, grinded out kind of games. Antonio Gibson, spoiler, will probably be on my in Thursday night's football video, which will be up later today. I'll be, I'll be taking his over in rushing attempts because I think it's like 15 and a half. They really got to go to him. He had 20 rushing attempts in week one. Don't expect that to go number to go down. They got to feed him. And I think that's what they're going to be doing. Logan Thomas, uh, he was, he's, he's, I have him in one of my leagues. Don't love having him. Won't lie to you. Don't love rostering him. Wish I had a Hawkins sock Taylor or TJ Hawkinson, the legend himself, but Logan Thomas, I think, I think if you have a 49er in your fantasy football lineups, I don't think you can do much about it. You're going to kind of ride it out. Hope that they perform well against the giants defense. Didn't look good in week one. And you just hope that they have a good week. And maybe if you want to sell high, then look at the rest of their season schedule, see how it's looking and go from there. Um, we're going to pick this game. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll pick this one. Well, give me, Sam, we'll start with you. Give me a final score and obviously a winner. Ooh, well, I definitely think the Washington football team is going to win on Thursday. Um, and I don't think they're need, going to need to put a lot of points on the board to do it. Um, so let's say 17-7, Washington football team. <laughs> You got a pillow fight on Sue. Logan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm going to be a little bit contrarian on this one. I think, I really do think the Giants are going to win this one just because, right? This is this is the pros. It's Thursday night. It's like, it's one of those Giants look so so bad and so, so uh, and, you know, just not 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 great. You know, one wants to pick them, but I think they're going to win. I think this is going to be another, you know, grinded out type game. 21-17 Giants. Interesting. I was, while I was asking the question, I was trying to think of who exactly I wanted to go with. And I was honestly, I was like, yeah, I could see the giants winning. Cause like you said, it's the NFL and that's just how it works, but I'm going to still stick with the Washington football team. Hope Taylor Heineke and that defense can make Daniel Jones make a bunch of mistakes, which I believe his interception prop is about minus minus one sixty. So they're kind <laughs> of expecting it. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the Washington football team, but I think it's a little higher. I think they're going to hit the over. I'm going to go 24 to 20. I do think it's a close game. I think the Giants will put up some points, but I'll go 24 to 20 just because that's what I'm going with. I think it's going to be a closer game than people might hope for. Washington or Vegas is always very good at these lines. And that's about right around what the lines that they're setting for at the moment. Um, any other takeaways for week one or week two or anything you're looking forward to this week? I know, Sam, you're sitting at the bottom of the leaderboards in our fantasy league. So are you, are you expecting a bounce back league or week for your team? Man, yeah, I hope I hope the Packers return to uh, their form of last year because otherwise my uh, my fantasy team's in uh, deep doo doo, um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that AFC East matchup. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, see uh, see who's going to lead the future of the AFC East between the Jets and the Patriots. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, what about you, Logan? Yeah, I mean, I've already I've already said it, right? Panther Homer, NFC South showdown in Charlotte. Right, Charlotte, absolutely beautiful city. We got all of us uh, spent spent some time there. Definitely think Carolina could take a huge step forward uh, with that young team if they did pick up this win versus the Saints. Like I said, I love the value on it. Yeah, I, I like both of your. I think those are going to be fun games to watch. I am excited as a Jets fan to watch the, them take on the Patriots. Don't know if it will be a great day for Zach Wilson. I hope he looks, you know, continues to improve. A game I'm looking forward to, honestly, it's a weird one. Raiders Steelers. I have a sneaky suspicion the Raiders might go to 2-0. Not, not sure why, but I think they might beat the Steelers on the road in Heinz Field. Don't know why, just a feeling I've got. Obviously, Steelers five-and-a-half-point favorites. Excited to see what they do off of their 
week one upset in Buffalo and the Raiders riding on highs. They first ever game with fans in Las Vegas. I think it's an exciting time to be a Raiders fan, whether you like it or not, Derek Carr slinging it. Darren Waller gets 25 touches targets a game. I don't know if that's sustainable. That's probably not. So we'll see how the Steelers defend that. Probably just put all 11 guys on Waller and say, have fun guys. And that, that might be enough to beat them, but regardless, that'll end it for the call on our shop podcast. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Like I said, you can always download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, whatever you name it, we are there. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. This was week two's edition, third edition of the podcast. We'll be back again to react to week two, give you our takeaways for looking up for week three, give you our underdog picks. Let's see, Logan, you better hope your Panthers cash or else you're going to Owen two. We can't afford that on this channel. You don't, can't be selling bad info. We appreciate you guys. Like I said, the later today, you'll be able to see my NFL later on Wednesday, depending on when you're listening to this Wednesday at like 8 p.m. You'll see my Thursday night football picks, which we had a really good week one. And you'll obviously see my normal week one, week two full slate video coming up Thursday or Friday. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. This has been Austin. This has been Logan and Sam. We'll catch you guys again next week. Peace out.